This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes in the industry. As always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn, as well as the CEO of Comarch, a digital marketing and sales services firm that specializes in pest and lawn. And with me is my esteemed, highly sought after, highly, I don't know, Dan, I can just keep going here. Highly of the highliest, Mr. Dan Gordon. How's that? Very high. How are you? Good morning. <laughs> Dan Gordon. Uh, PCO bookkeepers, PCO m and specialists. Obviously, we do uh, fractionalized CFO work, tax work, and we are in the throes of tax season uh, for sure. And uh, we also <laughs> do merger and acquisition work and uh, uh, glad to be here. So uh, today is probably the single most important uh, uh, topic, I think, uh, as it relates to your business and not only the survival of your business, but also how to make your business thrive and succeed. So with that, I will let you introduce it. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, we, we gotta tell people absolutely as a bait and switch here. You know, Dan and I, we usually have guests on who are, who are super sharp. Um, we don't have that one on this one. It's just, just Dan and I, and we're gonna, <laughs> but we're gonna talk about something that we both spend a lot of time uh, dealing with. Um, it, me on the marketing side, Dan on the money side, obviously, and we're going to talk about how to budget for marketing that works. Um, and we thought it'd be great to do an episode on this because um, there tends to be, I would say, and Dan, you can disagree with me on this or, or agree. There tends to be not as much emphasis I see put on this that most owners should. And, and the reality of it is, is that if you get really, really good at this and you understand how it works, you absolutely can grow and scale your business. And if you don't, it's one of those things that you will chase your tail forever. And, and at the end of the day, you know, you may or may not get great results. Most likely you won't. Um, and so, but before we get into it, I always put this disclaimer out. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us. Dan and I are highly paid and highly compensated for doing this podcast, which means we don't, um, <laughs> we actually don't, uh, we actually don't get paid for that. So, but we do enjoy um, we do enjoy great uh, comments and ratings and those those types of things. And so, if um, you could do that, it would be fantastic. So, Dan, let's let's start out with the first question for you as we talk about budgeting. Uh, I know this is your forte, and and I'm going to just let you for a moment talk about in general. You know, when someone thinks of a business, financially speaking. What is a business? Financially, well, it's interesting, right? It's interesting. So if you go and buy a, a stock in the stock market, you know that's an investment, right? And you, you know, buy it with the intention of it appreciating and/or paying a dividend or somehow, some way, getting more money out of it than you put in it over time. And when you think of your company, uh, it is a business and it is an investment. It's a job. It's a career, uh, but at the end of the day, you do want to get more money out of it than you put in over time. Now, whether that means, um, you know, making a profit each year and uh, or, or getting wages as your owner 
or at the end of the the uh, you know at the end of your career, passing it on to next generation or selling it. But it's an investment, and you need to look at your business as an investment because most small business people, which is you know most of our, our listeners, um, we don't work for AT and T or IBM with these big pensions and. Uh, um, you know, uh, incentive plans and whatnot. Our pension is the wealth that we build in our uh, um, in our business, so that it's worth something afterwards. And the only way that it becomes worth something, this is your kind of 401k. Obviously, you know, a lot of people who do it right also have 401ks, but this is your retirement. And so you need to get a good return on investment of your company. But in order to get there, you need a good return on your investment in terms of your operations, but also how do you build the business? And that is marketing. So today, I think um, the, the, what we'll talk about is your return on investments um, uh, as it, you know, as it relates to marketing and the spend uh, that, that you do. Uh, in order to build your company. And I think that's a critical point that you talk about there, Dan, which is, you know, at the end of the day, it is all about ROI, right? We, you know, fundamentally speaking, if you go work at a job, you're giving that business, that company, whatever, your time. And your return on your time is what you get paid in your paycheck. Your business is no different. You're going to invest X number of dollars. You're going to invest X hours of your time. And what is your return for that investment? And so I like to talk about, you know, I, and this is going to sound weird. This number, first of all, I have to put this disclaimer out. I pulled this number completely out of my butt, all right? I personally, when I look at what should an ROI of a good investment be, I like three to one, meaning that, and, and, and again, this is totally unscientific. This is just Donnie. Meaning if I put a dollar in, if I'm getting three back, then in my mind, I'm going to keep going. Anything lower than that, if I can, you know, obviously I, will, I would do it. But that once I kind of meet that threshold for me personally, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but you, know, you can calculate this with cost per sale. But if I want to get three to one, then I know that what I'm investing in is going to pull back the dollars. So I think, you know, for, for folks that are listening, don't take that number like this is the standard. I don't, I don't mean it that way at all. Your number might be higher, it might be lower. That's my own number there, so. I think three to one is a, is a terrific one to shoot for, but um, I would ask you, would you go higher? I mean, knowing that, you know, if you were to buy a company, you'd pay, you know, a multiple of revenue, more than, um, you know, one-to-one, or, or I'm sorry, less than one-to-one, or, um, you know, let's say that you put a door-to-door campaign together, right? And those are 70, 80, 90% of revenue. So three to one, I, I would do all day, but I think, you know, a lot of people uh, would go higher. Remember, if you go higher than um, three to one or about 30%, if, if you think about it, a best-in-class company, makes about 27 or about 20%, um, you know, EBITDA or cash flow to owner. Then you add the average 
mature company of seven or eight percent of marketing. So you're at 28 percent or so. So that gets you to that 33 percent. So you could fund a three to one through operations. If you start paying much more than three to one, you've got to figure out where the money's going to come from. Unless, of course, you're a mature company and this is just a small piece of your revenue. But three to one or, or thereabouts should allow you to uh, pay for it out of operations. And I think the other disclaimer here is, is that it's all about time, right? When you initially go into an investment, you, you know, you may not be able to get this three to one out the gate, but after five years, yes, it returns that. And so, and we see this strategy in the industry, right? I mean, I see it in M&A, right? They pay the high multiple. Well, it's just going to take them longer in order for them to hit that number. Um, and like most things, the higher the number and the shorter the timeline, typically the riskier their investment. <laughs> you know, if you got a longer timeline and it's not, then then yeah, I mean, it, it it pulls it back. So so big picture here, right? Your business is an investment. At the end of the day, it's all about ROI. And then from there is 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 the ROI and the timeline at an acceptable point and rate for you. So that that's again, we're just laying the groundwork here. Um, so. So one one of the important things that you have to remember, though, is it's real easy to put a spreadsheet together. And um, uh, used to work with a guy who used to say that paper accepts all ink, but I would say that spreadsheets accept all keystrokes, meaning that you can put Stones together the most beautiful. Schedules. <laughs> right. The 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 the. the, the, the Anybody can put together a beautiful spreadsheet. The question is, can you execute, right? So you could say, okay, I'm doing a million dollars and I'm going to put 10% of that. So $100,000 to marketing. And therefore what Donnie said is I should be able to get 300,000 back. So you put that in the spreadsheet. The question is, where do you find, you know, is it digital? Is it, is it uh, community outreach? What is it? How do you get this um, this return, and can you execute and do it at three to one? Because three to one is pretty darn good in this and, day and age. And I would say, you know, as a CEO, as an owner, as a manager, this is really what it's all about, right? This is what you get paid to do. It's it's being able to, much like what Dan said. Okay, number one is create this invaluable investment, maximize your ROI. And, you know, make the spreadsheet come alive, right? Make sure that you can execute as a business so that you can meet that, you know, that ROI. So you can, you know, improve the value of your business and, you know, the value of your investment. And this is what we're going to talk about how to do today. And so, Dan, I want you to talk through um, when it comes to budgeting for marketing, um, what do you think? Well, first of all, tell me what you think is the standard method of of how most people budget for marketing. When do you see the most? So, Obviously you see a lot of budgets, you see a lot of numbers. What is the standard, the standard approach to budgeting for marketing? So what I see is when somebody who kind of, mainly financial types and whatnot, and mainly some of these business coaches that are out there and whatnot, who you got a budget, you got a budget. And okay, well, how do we budget? Uh, okay, well, let's take our profit and loss statement and look at all the ratios and we're going to budget those ratios. So in other words, if you go to, you know, Rollins 10K, which is a pub, which is public information or Terminix's 10K um, or, or Renekill's 10K, um, or you maybe sit in on, uh, a, a seminar somewhere 
what you'll find is that a mature company spends about 7% of their revenue on marketing, which is really good for a mature company. And uh, you could look at it that way, but that's not the way that I budget for marketing, right? 7%, it just so happens that in a mature company, that's the way it works, right? Um, and, 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 you know, it normalizes it at that number. But if, if you're growing, what I like to see is, okay, I want to grow by this much, and this is going to be my cost per lead and my conversion rate into a cost per sale and, uh, whatever that number is. So let's say I have a company that's doing a million dollars and I want to grow by 10%. That means I have to grow a hundred thousand dollars. Well, Let's say that I also look at my million dollars and then I have to figure out my attrition, which let's call it 15%. So now my million dollars becomes 850, right, for 15%, but I want to grow to a million one. So I have to get $250,000 worth of, um, of revenue in order to grow 10%. So that 250 at a three to one would be 250 divided by three, which would be about, uh, what would it be? A little over $80,000. So $80,000 on that million one turns out that's about seven or 8%. But let's say that I wanted to grow 20% or 30% or 40%, I would drive that 7% way up and that's okay, right? You're not a multi-billion dollar company. I'm going to pause you there real quick because I just want to summarize what you just said for our listeners. So, so at the end of the day, there, I, the most common way I see people, and, and Dan's correct, he's absolutely correct in this, the most common way I see people budget for their marketing is it's as a percent of income. Large companies at 7%, a smaller company it might ten, be 10 to 15, you know, who knows? Okay, so the good part of that is, is that, okay, well, you've set, a, you've set aside that amount uh, it's easy, it's simple, it's fast, but the, you know, and this is a huge, in my mind, a huge downfall of that is that it leaves a lot on the table, meaning that if you're getting a really good ROI and you've said, well, it's 10% and that's that, and you're getting say five to one or six to one, well, you stop because I've hit my budget. And, you know, at the end of the day, Dan, if you went to the bank and you gave the bank a dollar and they gave you back five, would you go find as many dollar bills as you possibly could and keep going back? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the point, right? So the percent of income, while it is easy, while it is simple, while it is fast, there is the potential to leave a lot on the table. And the other part of that, the other side of that coin is, is that if things are not going so well and now you're getting a two to one or a one to one or even worse, a you know, say a one to a half now, you know, well, that's our percent of income and you're you're wasting money. And so the other method, which Dan started talking about here, is what I like to call the growth goal method, which is where you know exactly what you want to generate in revenue. You know exactly what you should be spending for it. And you track your progress all along the way. Of course, the downside of that is that you got to work a little harder, which is why this is probably not the most um I would say the most the, high, the most adopted method, you know, that, that most people don't do it. But the reality of it is, is that if you're a smaller company, you know, when I was a lot smaller, we lived on what I called the curve, meaning that the marketing had to produce the revenue because otherwise we didn't have the money to keep the marketing train going. And we track these numbers monthly 
so that we would know really what our budget would be for the next month, depending on what was happening with our, you know, with our ROI and what was happening with our cost per sale and cost per lead. And so if you're smaller and you're being aggressive in growth, you absolutely need to be following this growth goal method. Um, the percent of income just doesn't work. And what that might turn into as far as percent, well, who knows, right? I mean, and it really just doesn't matter because the fact is, is that if you've got a really good thing going uh, and it's 25% of your budget, but you grew say 50%, well, great. And and likewise, if, if you're in a market where it's highly competitive and you can't get that ROI and now all of a sudden it's 5%, well, who cares, right? It's it's a much better way of doing it. So let's talk through this method, Dan, um, this growth goal method. So before, you, we you, do, before we do, let's just kind of talk about sales versus marketing, right? So marketing is everything that you do to bring in a lead and sales is everything you do to, to convert that lead into a sale. So your marketing may be terrific and your sales may be horrible or vice versa, right? So you need to understand that, um, like Donnie just said, that he tracked it monthly and probably I got to believe that you're tracking it daily because you can do that. We were. Yep. Right. So but but at the end of the day, you got to look at those leads and say, am I converting or maybe they're not good leads, you know, whatever. But, you know, that three to one assumes that you're going to sell at a certain, you know, at a certain level uh, where you're going to convert. Um, you know, at a certain percentage, what, what's that percentage? What, uh, what do you look for your sales folks to do? So as a global number, a conversion rate of, you know, 35 to 40% is a really good number. When you're looking at residential recurring, now I'm talking pest right now, not lawn. Uh, and this also varies by seasonality, but you know, 65%, 60 to 65%, if your conversion rate's not there on your kind of standard, normal pest recurring service, then most likely you have a sales problem. And, and Dan's 100% correct, right? When you when you talk about maximizing ROI, it's not only getting the leads at a great price, it's also making sure that you maximize the opportunity to convert those leads as they come in because you, know, you can handle pricing going up in marketing if you can get your conversion rate better. You could spend less, you know, change how well you're able to convert and still get a better ROI. And that just goes back to your job as a CEO. Hey, my job is to maximize all the way through. Um, so having said that, there's one big assumption that we're making here. And, and the reality of it is, is that you can't use this growth goal method, in my mind, very, very well, unless you do one critical thing first. Dan, any guesses as to what that big, big thing is? Let you uh, take that since I'm not, I have no idea where you're going with this, but. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's a disclaimer and that's this. You cannot use this growth goal method unless you have every bit of tracking locked down in your business. And what I mean by that, you need to have a phone system that tracks every single phone call. You, and, you know, some people call it omni-channel. You need to track every text. You need to track every phone call. You need to track every web interaction. Like, you know, you have to have the infrastructure in place in order to do this. Now, I realize this is a big ask for a lot of folks and, 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 and some people are overwhelmed by this. But the reality of it is, is that if you don't have tracking in place, everything that you're doing is garbage in and garbage out because you have no you, you're using numbers that may or may not be correct. And 
which means you're going to create projections that are basically, you know, an, an exercise in, in just doing math. And so when I talk about first things first is, is that you need to have the appropriate infrastructure that every single phone call is recorded, every single phone call is tracked, every single text is tracked, every single web form submit. I mean, you name it, it all needs to be tracked. So that, that's number one. Number two is that you need to have procedures in place that not only does it get tracked, but everyone gets asked. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'll give you an example. So last night, this is kind of funny. You guys are going to hear about my first world life here for a moment. I have, I'm part of this. Well, I was, I should say, there's this car wash up, up the road from where I live and they have the monthly plan. And I've been frustrated with them because I've, the last probably four weeks I've showed up, the thing's been broken or shut down or whatever. So I'm like, fine, I'm going to cancel my service. So I try to call them yesterday during the day and I go to a voicemail that's full. So I can't leave a voicemail. But the recording said, go to the website and you can cancel there. Well, I go to the website and the website says, oh, this feature is coming soon. So basically, I can't cancel at this point. <laughs> Love it. You know I mean? Yeah. If you, if you don't think that's deliberate, then then you're. Uh... <laughs> now, but, but, I, yeah, but, but I got a great story, too. So let me finish out. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, yeah. So, yeah, so I. I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is crazy. I can't call and cancel. I can't go online and cancel. And I'm like, I'm canceling this freaking service. So once it goes on my task list, it's going to happen. So I've got it on my list. I got to get it done. I call them back four times and I finally get someone to pick up the phone. And I'm like, hey, this is Donnie Shelton. And I've got a GMC Denali truck. I want to cancel. The guy's like, got it. Taken care of. Have a good day. Click. That was his, that was his, you know, save the customer. I mean, so I guess here's my point, right? If you don't have that tracking in place, you don't, you're not playing really, really good defense. You don't know that's happening. I mean, and how many times have you been in the office and, you know, this doesn't happen at Tribal anymore, but it did early on in the day. Someone calls in and says, well, how much is your quarterly program? Oh, it's $85. Okay, thanks. Click. Doesn't go in as a lead. Doesn't get paid. No. So that's the, I I guess that's my point here. Before we get into this, before we get into how to do this, you need to make sure that your tracking's tight and that you got really good procedures in place just so you can make sure that the numbers that you're getting and the numbers that you're using are somewhat based in reality. So Dan, you said you had a story. Yeah. Yeah. My story is, uh, you know, so you've got to have the ability to answer the phone and, 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 who answers whoever answers the phone has to be able to make the decisions to to make the sale or 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 handle a customer and or get the forms in so i was this is an this story is pretty funny i wanted to get a burrito at a place uh franchise called hey, i'm already this, laughing this this so i want i want my burrito at bubaku right so i call up to 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 see if i can order it so that i could pick it up and they said well you got to go to the website so I go to the website and the website freezes up and I can't get anything and whatnot. And so I call them back up and they give me a line, a phone number for tech support. I want to get a burrito and they're giving me a phone number for tech support. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe uh, uh, we're, 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 we're going a little too far with this. But uh, well, I think, I think the take of it is, is that next year at Pest World, we'll just have a little burrito station for, for Dan so he can have burritos. <laughs> <while we're... laughs> so, anyway. so, so number one is, is that you've got to have a really good um, infrastructure, you know, which is not difficult to do. 
you know, there's systems out there. Obviously, Colmarch has one, that, but they're not the only one. Uh, you know, have everything talking to each other and everything coming back to your CRM. So that's step number one. Step number two is you've got to have really good training and really good people systems so that you make sure that when those things come in, they get logged and tagged appropriately. And then, you know, the third thing is, is that you really need to understand and know what the key numbers are. And those key numbers are cost per sale, cost per lead, conversion rate, revenue per sale, and then what your total unit sales are. And, and of course, we're going to run through all of this. I don't want to spend too much time on it because if I start spouting off formulas and, and ways to calculate things, it's probably going to, I mean, I don't remember that kind of crap, but but we got some stuff here at the end and we'll put some things in the show notes so you can come back to this. And so, Dan, do you just want to talk through these numbers real quick, what they are and what they That's represent? Right. Let's start with cost per lead and cost per sale. So your cost per lead is what does it cost to either make the phone ring or get a form fill or get a text or one way or another to 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 say I want to find out more about your business or I have a problem that I want you to solve. How much did it cost you to bring that phone call, form fill, whatever, however they contacted you? That's your cost per lead. But I think that it goes beyond that, right? So you, you know if you're doing like paid and whatnot. There's cost per click and, and and whatnot. So why don't you talk about that and how? All yeah. So so number one, when you think about cost per lead, um, you know, cost per lead is the ultimate um, unifier, meaning that you're going to have different channels and you're going to have different metrics. You know, one of the things that I think you want to be very careful of when you start getting into this is the the freaking analytical buffet where you're looking at 800 different numbers. And it's hard to bring them all, you know, it, I like cost for lead and cost for sale because it, it, it standardizes and normalizes everything. Sometimes you can cherry pick numbers and you can have reps out there saying, well, you know, you got 800 phone calls and like, well, who cares? Right. At the end of the day, it's, you know, what did I pay for my marketing and how many contacts did that generate real selling opportunities? And you want to be very careful here when it comes to CPL, because I've seen people calculate kind of a global CPL and then which translates to a global CPS, which is your cost per sale. And the problem with doing it at the global level is there are things that you're doing that marketing had zero to do with. So if you had referrals, if you had upsells and those types of things, and that gets kind of thrown into that number, it tends to dilute your number. And so cost per lead is simply nothing more than this is what I spent on this channel in marketing. And this is how many contacts I got out of that channel. And you want to look at that per channel because, you know, your cost per lead and pay per click is probably going to be way higher than, say, your cost per lead. And, you know, I, I should say way higher, but it's going to be, you know, there's going to be differences and you want to look at it on a per channel basis. Now, once you get a cost per lead, now you can go back to your CRM and you can say, well, how many sales did I generate from each one of those opportunities? And then you just take that number of sales and divide it, or I'm sorry, you take the total marketing cost that you spend on that channel, divide it by the number of sales, and that gives you your cost per sale. And why that's important is, is because there are going to be different conversion rates based on the channel, right? So if you have, say, um, a lead that comes in through pay-per-click or a lead that comes in through the web, chances are the conversion rate for those are going to be pretty high because the customer is seeking you. Now, a conversion rate, say from a postcard or some other outbound, that conversion rate is going to be a lot lower. So while the CPL may be lower, 
the cost per sale is going to be higher because the conversion rate between the two is going to be much, much lower. And I don't want to spend too much time here in the numbers because, again, unless you've got this in front of a, a stone tablet that, that Dan used with, you know, I mean, it's just difficult to see that on your mind. But, but at the end of the day, the key numbers you absolutely have to know in order to make this work is your cost per lead and your cost per sale per channel. And, you know, you know your conversion rate between that. So that's kind of one side of the equation. So yeah, the, the, the big question here, and everybody always asks me this, is I have a digital agency and I pay for Google ads. And so I get the, the um, cost per contact or my cost per lead and whatnot. Yeah. My digital agency charges me a management fee to run the thing. Do yeah. I add that management fee in to get my cost per lead or is it just the uh, amount that Google charged me to, to, to give me. So I, I add that fee in because at the end of the day, I have to spend it in order to get the customer. And the other thing I would say I is be yeah. very, very careful about comparing cost per lead and cost per sale with other companies, right? So, so Dan and I are a member of a couple of different peer groups and, and, you know, in these peer groups, you've got guys who are from all over the country and I can guarantee you a guy that's in a rural market of say 500,000 or less, his cost per lead and cost per sale is going to be way lower than someone who is in say Houston or Vegas, which both are extremely competitive markets. And so be careful about comparing those because the fact is, is that it's going to be more expensive to grow a business in a high urban area where the competition is a lot higher and it's going to be, and, and I'm not saying all rural areas are cheaper. I'm just making the point that, you know, sometimes, you know, typical CEOs, business owners, we tend to be competitive and we start looking at numbers of other people and we're like, what's wrong? And the reality of it is, is that your numbers are very local to where you're operating at and it has a lot to do with your competition and not everyone has the same level of competition. And so, you know, know your CPS. So, why, your CPS. so, so, so what happens is that, um, you know, uh, in, in normal game theory, you would say, okay, why would anybody operate in a big market if they could go to a rural market? How do you uh, justify yeah. that? Is it because, yeah, you're going to pay up, but the volume of leads yes. is going to be much greater One, because there aren't that correct. many fish in the pond in the, yep. in the rural market. Right? No, and that's an excellent point, right? You, you, you know, Dan's right. Yeah, you're you're going to pay more, but the reality of it is, is that you're going to have more opportunities also. And so it really comes down to, again, going back to your ROI. <laughs> I mean, it always comes back to that. So, so that's the first side of the equation. The second one is, and this is the one where Dan, he kind of opened up with this, but I want to dig into this just a little bit more. And that is knowing what you want to grow ahead of time. So, so if you're a million dollars and you say, look, I want to grow 20% this year, well, that's $200,000. Actually, it's not. The reason that it's not, because if you're in a recurring revenue business, what's going to happen throughout the year, Dan? So you're going to have starts, you're going to have one shots, and you're going to have attrition. Yes, so those, yes. Those and that's the key those. part right there is the attrition. You know, you have to not only you know, sell out what you need in order to grow, but you also need to sell out your cancel rate, which is another way to increase your ROI. But in any case, so let's just say for whatever reason, you suck at retention and you're a million dollars and you want to grow 20%. Really what that means is that you actually need to grow around 30% to cover your attrition. So if you know that, you say, okay, well, the target is $300,000. 
all right, now I'm going to go back to my database and I'm going to say, what is my average revenue per cell? And let's use a timeline of say one year. Let's say that's, I don't know, 500 bucks. And I'm not going to try to do this math here on the podcast because I'm sure I'll get it wrong. And I'm sure I'll get someone who emailed me and text me and Don, Donnie, you're retarded, which I already know. And you can't do math, which I, is true as well. But whatever that number is, let's say it's $500. Then I'm going to take $300,000 and I'm going to divide it by $500. Dan, am I going to put you on the spot here? Can you, can you tell me what that, what that turns into numbers wise? <laughs> Hold on a second. I know, I'm just he doesn't have a big button calculator. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, we got 300,000 divided by 500 equals 600 sales. You need 600 new accounts. Okay. So now that we know that it's going to take 600 new accounts, now the math gets pretty easy. 600 Wait, new accounts. Before you do this, before you do this, yep. remember there is a, um, you don't, if, if you sell all those on January 1st, yes, and you're going to get the 300,000 if you sell them throughout yes. the year, that's yes. annualized revenue, but that's not for your calendar year revenue. So and you actually have to go higher in yes. order to get your $300,000. That is a perfect disclaimer. And I should have said that. And you are 100% correct. I tend to, I tend to normalize it. I don't necessarily get too crazy about it because normally you're one times and you know, kind of those other things are going to cover that, but he, but Dan is 100% correct. You're not going to collect all that revenue on January one. It's going to just going to collect throughout the year. But for the sake of simplicity, let's say it's 600 sales. And you know, for a fact that if you sell 600 accounts, um, $300,000 in new revenue is going to show up. Now, this is how you figure out what you're going to budget for marketing. You take your cost per sale and you multiply it times those 600 sales. And let's say your cost per sale is 100 bucks, which is pretty low. Well, now if it's 100 bucks, then that means my now budgeted amount should be $60,000. Now, those are really low numbers, by the way. My guess is that if you go through this, um, it's going to be much higher than that. But I'm only doing this to keep the math simple, right? So, so the idea here is, is that I have target revenue. I know what my average revenue per sale is. I figure out the number of sales. I make sure that I've accounted for, you know, cancellations as well as, okay, I'm going to be picking up that revenue throughout the year. And then I take that number, whatever that number, that total number of sales is, and then I multiply it times my cost per sale. Now that establishes baseline. Now there are things that you should do along the year to continually try to improve that. So, you know, work with your sales team, right? Make sure your tracking's in place. Make sure that, you know, you're trying to upsell things because there's other sales that you can do that don't cost anything that can still improve that ROI. And so to me, this is by far what separates the pros from the amateurs, guys and gals. Who are really grown so, yeah. So, but, but remember, so that cost per sale is not the cost per lead. So you have 600 sales at a 60% conversion rate. You need a thousand leads, right? That's correct. So, yep. Yep. Continue but, on. You know, getting back to my point, this is how the pros run their businesses. They don't sit back and say it's 10% and throw caution to the wind and just wait for what's going to happen. And I don't say that if you're doing that, that you're not smart or whatever. I'm just making the point. If you want to be a high growth company and you want to do it in a way that you know what's going to happen, you've got your numbers laid out in front of you, then you want to maximize your ROI. This is how it's done. 
and I'm not saying it's the only method, but it's how we do it at Triangle. I've, I've done both methods. And the reality of it is, is that you may come back and guess what? That might be 7% of revenue. Who cares? It might be 10, it might be 20. I don't really care. The reality what you is, do. is that- Once you put that number into your budget, then you look at the, at the percentage. And like you said, yeah, it may be seven, but I guarantee you the big boys, so they don't just do a budget the way a small company does a budget. They go to their marketing department. You, I want to see your marketing budget. I want to see your operations uh, budget. And that marketing budget is made up. It's done exactly the, what, the way we're describing this. It's not, hey, you've got this much money. It's more right. of, okay, how much do you want to grow? Yep, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so at the end of the day, I know we've talked a lot about different, you know, CPL, CPS, and then, and then tagging back to your total revenue goal and then getting your revenue per sale. Um, I hate doing this, and this is certainly not a promotion, but um, I have a book called Grow. I have an entire chapter on how to do this in Grow. Um, so, and, and you can, you know, if, if you're suffering from insomnia, you're having problems sleeping, um, I think this would be would go a long way if you start reading that to help you sleep. But there is an entire chapter sleep, on that. Right? Yes, right. <laughs> the other thing is, um, I actually did a YouTube video where I went, I go through a couple examples uh, on this, and we'll link it in on the show notes. But um, you know, I'm not a YouTube star. You can laugh at the. I mean, I always feel like Ricky Bobby when I get in front of the camera. But there's, you know, you can you can go on Grow on the book. You can look it up on the chapter there. You can go on YouTube and watch it and actually, you know, watch me work through an example of this. And as well as there's a, we have, uh, we've made it easy. We have a marketing budget calculator that you can get as well. And we'll put all these things up on the show notes that, you know, the calculator has nothing more. It just asks you basic things, but I have to hammer this home to make sure before any, before you engage in any of this, if your infrastructure is not in place, that's step number one. Right. Because, it, you know, you can do all this math all day long and you could be so far off of the reality that it doesn't really matter. Um, and so if you don't have a phone system, you know, you're not tracking your leads off your website and it's not all tied back to your CRM. That's step number one. And I'm not telling you, you need to go to Colmarch. You can go to whoever you want. Obviously, we do this at Colmarch. But, you know, Step number one is that you've got to get a handle on what's going on and you need to create the infrastructure to allow you to do that. Because otherwise, none of these numbers really make sense at all. I mean, it's nothing more than a, a mental math exercise. So that is it. Dan, any parting thoughts here before we finish out? I mean, to me, I think this is, and you said it well at the very beginning, Dan, this is what makes the, you know, this is probably one of the most critical things that you can focus on in a business, especially in terms of growing it and maximizing your ROI. But any parting thoughts before we finish out here? Well, I think that today, you know, it was short and sweet, but this is the single most important thing that you need to learn. And by the way, you can drill down and talk about the different channels, whether it's paid or SEO or door-to-door or community outreach or however you want to do it. But this is the lifeline of your business. And it's the reason why some people grow and the reason why some people don't grow. And yeah. so you really need to understand this stuff and, and, and really dig down and, and, and um, you know, uh, make sure that you're um, calculating your cost per lead, cost per sale conversion rates. And, uh, you know, that will obviously uh, catapult you into the future and make your company uh, bigger, better, faster. Well, folks, you did it again. You managed to waste 
a good 40 minutes with Dan and I. Um, just a reminder that all the resources we talked about are going to be available on the pmpindustryinsider.com uh, website. If you just look under show notes for this show, you'll see the calculator, you'll see the YouTube video, as well as a link to the book, as well as Dan's beautiful face. Um, and with that, we're going to run out and we will see you all next time. Take care, everyone.